Listening to the Turtlehead Podcast with your host Dave, Lee, Tricky, and Jordan, and today's special guest, Shane King, on the Big Banter Network. Go Terps, go Oilers, and go Ravens. We're back in the studio. Welcome back to this episode of Turtleheads Podcast. Before we go any further, like and subscribe. Tell your friends about us. Apple, Spotify, Shane, glad to have you in the studio today. Tricky, always glad to have you in the studio. And we have Dave on the phone, and we're going to jump right into some recruiting news. Dave, Derek Queen, Crystal Balmy, where's he going? Maryland. Who's the? Uh, what's the latest news on him? Uh, he's setting up visits. He's going to visit us again. I mean, I would feel a lot better. I think I text, I, I sent a message out there. I'd feel a lot better if he committed, but the staff feels good. We've been we've been on him a long time. We're the favorite. He has told players he wants to come to Maryland. I just hope he don't get down to like a Hunter Dickerson NIL thing. But like from what I've read, they've been on him long enough. The NIL money's there. They said they're ready for that. So well, they, the money the should be there. We didn't use yeah. any. We didn't use any on Hunter. So. What about um? Yeah. What about uh, all the big boys that are coming in to look at them now? What Kansas, Indiana, Houston, LSU, Georgetown? Yeah, it's uh, yeah, the, the one that LSU one kind of throws me off because to me that says you're looking for money, you know? Yeah. I mean, like that was just kind of out of nowhere, but I mean, who knows? Maybe he just wants to take the visit. Maybe I don't know. Maybe he might not take a visit there, but during the mention Georgetown, but I think we're in good shape with him. He's been dominating this AAU circuit this summer. He is by far the best post player in high school basketball, and he will be an instant impact And I think just what Willard's offense needs. What about Roos? I mean, What's Roos up to? I'm reading that he's a little more tricky. I think he likes it. He is going to come in for a visit. They keep on saying he's got some kind of issues at home or, or around here that he wants to get away. I would say right now he's 50-50 on the crystal ball. I'm, I, I'm, I'm more kind of leaning to him not coming, but who knows? I hope he comes. He's great. I mean, he's got some connections here with, with Noah and IMG, and I think he does like the staff, and maybe they can work something out. Maybe him getting away from high school was enough for him, then he'll come on back home and play. Well, that we talk about kids wanting to leave the DMV area. Let's talk about some kids that might want to leave their local area to come to Maryland. I see we're in on Las Vegas power forward Pharaoh Compton. See much about him? Yeah, that, that's a fairly new development, and uh, evidently he Willard loves him. I love the but, word. Uh, I love the word super athletic. What about another name, Darian Sutton, six nine small forward out of Missouri, but he's now in Denver. It looks like uh, they first learned about him back in April of 2022. St. Louis native. He was a homeschooler but now has uh, jumped to uh, the junior year of his travel circuit 
and he's apparently making lots of waves. Have you heard anything about him? Yeah, basically the same with him. I think Willard really likes him also. I I haven't seen any video on him. He's kind of like a low-key guy, I guess, where he was homeschooled, but he's starting to pick up high major offers right now, so it's good that we're in on him early. I mean, it's always going to be tough to draw them kids across the country, but, I mean, you never know. Who's your uh, Who's your favorite West Coast Maryland basketball player of all time? DJ Strawberry. There you go. There's a reach because uh, I was just trying to think because, you know, I mean, I got to give Maryland credit. They're usually state East Coast guys east of Waco that is tricky. That's right. And uh, and it's very few names that I guess we have reached across the country to grab. But DJ yeah, was, the two, was a great the one. Yeah, the two that popped in my mind was Kenny Beckway and, and DJ. Yeah. Well, let's just shift gears. Let's go to football. The mountain has landed. Is that right, Tricky? Uh, we're talking about the uh, big offensive lineman we were discussing uh, previously. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. There's going to be two mountains in Maryland, Felix Batista and our new offensive lineman who is not only committed, he's on the recruiting trail. He's going after Torrey Smith's uh, nephews. There's two nephews that are committed to Virginia Tech. He's going after them. And he's saying, everybody come home to Maryland. Let's build something. So hopefully a little momentum there. He plays uh, football with those boys. So that would be good for Maryland to start keeping it in-house because I saw something, you know, if the kids would just stay in Maryland, Maryland football would be unstoppable. So what do you got on, Tricky? Um, I'm just glad to see us getting some beef up front. Uh, you know how I favor the running game over the passing game. Even though we had the third-ranked uh, passing offense in the Big Ten last year. Um, we got to protect the quarterback, too. Um, I'm more interested in a couple of transfers in uh, Caden Prather and uh, Tyrese Chambers, two wide receivers we brought in, speaking of the passing game. Uh, Prather came in from uh, WVU, chose us over Oklahoma, Texas A&M, Penn State, and Alabama. Uh, he said the turning point was when he watched our practice for the Dukes-Mayo Bowl game. Uh, he came by on that particular weekend and uh, really fell in love with the campus and the, uh, the atmosphere. He's from Germantown, 6'4", 240, supposed to be filling uh, Dante Demas's, uh role, but we'll see about that. And then uh, Tyrese Chambers, who uh, I think this would be his third school uh, latest of uh, FIU, uh, he's a little smaller, a little faster, um, but I'm ready to see this uh, offense really do some stuff this year, and it, it's all going to start with that offensive line. Now, whether this kid is a everyday star, or every week starter, or if he's just you know part of the rotation, either way, the bigger the better in my mind, especially in the Big Ten. Yeah, I think this is going to be a a bridge year to get to that next class. Uh, Ryan Howerton is who we're talking about. He'll be coming in next year, and he's hopefully reaching out to Gabriel Williams, a stud wide receiver that's committed to Virginia Tech. But like we talked about in football, a commitment means means nothing. It's until you sign, actually sign your letter of intent to come to Maryland. That's when it means something. Uh, but with that said, uh, I think Maryland is building, once again, we talk about it every week, a good foundation. And, of course, I don't know if anybody saw it, but Coach Locks took a picture of a mountain out on vacation. He said, a beautiful view of the mountain coming out of the water. And, of course, Ryan retweeted and said, is this foreshadowing? But so it's good that the coaching staff and the recruits are, are gelling, getting along. And maybe, hey, when that time comes assigned, we get a couple flips. Well, uh, Jordan, while we have our recruiting expert, uh, Turtlehead Dave, on, 
I've got a question for all the uh, Turtleheads, including our uh, esteemed guest, uh, Shane King. Um, I've noticed a lot of really good skill position recruits coming in for football, but I have not seen one quarterback. Not a one. I've not seen any rumors of guys we're looking at, and you know who my preference is, but we're we're going fifth year with uh, little Tua. Jordan was talking about building for you know the next team. Well, that starts with a signal caller, and we know we're going to have a new one next year regardless. And uh, that's going to be your boy next year, Billy Edwards. I know, BE3. You know, that, BE3. That's, that's my guy, but I mean – how old's he now? He's got to be 21. He's been uh, you know, You know, like Riley Horner's COVID years, it goes on forever. That's right. I just feel like we're probably going to just try to get somebody off the transfer portal. Well, we are recruiting a kid named Trevor Jackson, a 2024 three-star quarterback, but mm. it's not looking promising. It looks like Pittsburgh is the favorite there. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't think we should be in the position of looking at three-star anythings right now. If we're building a program, let's build a program. Um especially in football and basketball. Gary was always famous for taking uh, lightly recruited guys and turn them into hustlers and, and good ball players. But in football, Division One, you got to have horses, man. You can't have uh, three-star prospects coming yeah, in. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't three-star isn't really all that bad when it comes to football. Well, hold, hold the horses here. Everybody's forgetting. So you got Billy Edwards is only a redshirt sophomore. And don't forget, last year we signed Cameron Edge, who redshirted last year. So he was a top recruit. So he's only going to be a freshman this year. So, yes, Baby Two is going to have one last year, one last run at it. But next year's quarterback camp, Cameron Edge and Billy Edwards Jr., it could be a battle for who's starting. You know, I I don't think Maryland's ever going to get that flashy Archie Manning uh, quarterback, you know, the Bryce Youngs of the world, which if you look at – if you look at Nick Saban and all those boys, they usually develop their quarterbacks and move them into their sophomore, junior years. And maybe maybe Locks is doing that, you know. Have the athletic people on the outside, build an athletic defense, and just get somebody back there to toss the rock around. Hey, if you got a running game like Kemby and not so Littleton, do you really – I mean, Tricky, I think you could run the quarterback spot. Well, that seems to be the plan right now because, again, I don't trust uh, – uh, Baby Tua, TT. Yes, yeah, so much easier to say just TT or Baby Tua. Um, I don't trust him to, you know, protect the football. Or you're just asking him not to mess up, really. And um, tricky. So, when is this man going to have your your support? When he wins a big game. Jeez. When he puts the team on his back. The Duke's Mayo Bowl was yeah. that a big game? Yes. Come on, tricky. Yes, yes. That that was the biggest game of his life. He can tell his grandkids about Coach Locks with the big hat and getting mayonnaise. He, he hasn't on. lost the game in 2023, tricky. That's what he hasn't. <laughs> You gotta admit, Trey, he was pretty good last year. No, he he was, Dave, and that that was the problem. It gave me fits because he would have some games where you're like, "Wow, this guy is actually a real quarterback," and then the following game you'd be like, "What happened to that other guy? Where'd he go?" Uh, the consistency is what I missed, and if he doesn't have it after five years, we talked months ago about whether or not he had any pro aspirations. Well, if if he's gonna get even be an undrafted free agent, he's really gotta. Be more consistent. That's all I got to say. And the football season has begun, and Tricky's already hating on the man. That's right. He'll be calling for his job week two. He didn't throw three. Yeah, even practice yet? No, uh, uh-uh. nope. See, he should be out there. Yeah, he's not practicing yet. That's right. Practice. <laughs> but that wraps up our recruiting minute with Dave. Dave, our big recruiter. Thank you, Dave. I like turtles. Uh. Uh.
foul. Oh, what? Did Joker get a foul, Shane? Yes, he did. For too long of a grunt. Ah, yes. Yeah. That, as many times as we've talked about tennis on this broadcast, we always give our own versions of our forehead or backhand, forehand or backhand grunts. But we always keep it short because you do not we want know to the get rules. Pe- exactly. We're big tennis fans. You cannot have an extended grunt where the other person could be addressing the ball while you're still making noise. Well, Tricky, I noticed one thing here in the studio. We have Shane here. Shane and me are dressed for the U.S. Open, Australian Open, but my man Tricky is still remembering Wimbledon because he has his white on. Yes. The all-white club at Wimbledon. Let's talk about Wimbledon. Hit it with us. Yes, let's have some strawberries and cream as they do over there on the other side of the pond. Or at Snowbiz Shaved Ice if it ever opens. Yes, but until then, <laughs> the Wimbledon. Uh, everybody wants to talk about the men's final, and we can get to that. Um, does everybody out there realize that this takes weeks? Yes. You know, a golf tournament is three days. Um, it's almost as long as... I mean, it's what two over two weeks, I yeah, think. Yeah, I, I, I am going to. This defend thing started it in June. I'm going to defend it because me and Shane used to make a killing sitting at Snowbiz watching it on TV. Oh, absolutely. That, and I mean, me and Shane are probably the tennis heads of the turtle heads. We've woken up. We talked about four at four oh, a.m. to watch Roger. Yep, yep watch Roger. And Andy. So we want it as long as we want. Tricky. Two weeks, three weeks. Oh, absolutely. Weeks. I just could not believe that this all began in uh, June. And here we are, the middle of July. Um, but the women's draw, uh, it was, for the first time ever, an unseated player won the entire thing. That was Marketa Vandrusova of the uh, Czech Republic. Ah. Uh, she uh, beat number six, Anz Jabor. Uh, from Tunisia, that is the northernmost country in Africa. We just missed our opportunity to play Name That Country, Shane. Yeah, what were it? <laughs> I would have said um, that sounds like a uh, Norway name, Norwegian name. Yes, well, uh, Tunisian instead. But uh, yeah, Tunisia, uh, like I said, northernmost country in Africa. Um, not many Tunisians on the tour. But I was just looking at her entire draw. There is nothing going on in the women's bracket. I mean... There's no Williamses, no sure. uh, Para, Maria Sharapova. <laughs> Sharapova. Yes, no, no, no good povas at this point. Should be Peyton Stearns, Veronica Kudermatova. Who's our best American female? Uh, what Sloan Stevens is that? Is uh, there's, that who we're... there's Coco Golf, Sloan wow. Stevens, Madison Keys. Oh, yeah. Madison Keys, forgot about her. Yeah. yeah, but they're just not consistent. Um, no, and and neither one of them made it very well, the, far. Well, the, the women's the uh, women's side of things is is really wide open. Every major tournament, there is no favorite. Just because you have a number one or a two or a three next to your name, I mean, that means nothing. As right. we just saw, an unseated player won. The, sure, won but the I'm tournament. just worried about the future because there are no names anymore. There's it used to be there were always a handful of uh, lady Thanks, tennis yes. players that you could recognize and root for, but then we have the men's bracket, quite different. Very much so. I'm sure Shane knows this, but for Jordan and the rest of our listeners' sake, did you know Alcaraz, 20 years old, winning Wimbledon, his second major, by the way. Four tennis players have won Wimbledon since Alcaraz was born. Ah. Can you name them, Jordan? Roger. Yes. Andy Murray. Joker. Rafael Nadal. Yes. Don't come at us, Tricky. The Andy Murray was the tough one. Yes. Uh, But, yeah, four guys have won Wimbledon in the time 
that Carlos Alcaraz has been alive. But what about that men's bracket? Rafa says he's got one year left. Roger's already done. And Andy's falling apart ever since he won Wimbledon. Yeah, right. and Andy. What I happened? Mean, they're father time. You yeah, but <laughs> Andy, I didn't feel like Andy was that old. I feel like he was peaking. Remember the big that when the Queen and, came and watched and, him and all yeah, that. Yeah, Andy was was never was never good. Yeah, he won. A, Sorry, he won, he won Wimbledon. Yeah, he's won a couple other majors. I think. I I checked me. I think Over under four. Oh, definitely, definitely under. under. Yeah. He might he might have an Australian might, or something. I think he's got one Wimbledon. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, willing, I'm, willing, to, I'm I, willing to say under two. Yeah, because I, I thought he was one of those best to have never won a major, and then he finally won Wimbledon or no, something. That's just Rory. Oh, wait, too soon. Uh, Wrong sport. Rory's got more majors than Andy Murray. Not big on the old. What are these? But to, to back up and, and set up, uh, obviously, Alcarez won the Wimbledon final versus Novak Djokovic. Uh, there was a lot of history on the line in this final matchup between Djokovic and Alcarez. If Novak Djokovic had won, it would have been a record-tying eighth Wimbledon title in a row. And he oh, no, fifth, or, or, fifth sorry, in a row. Yes, yes. Eight, eight total, fifth in a row, yes. tying Roger Federer with both of them, who we all know is the GOAT, regardless of Djokovic being the real GOAT. It's Roger, folks. All right, real uh, quick. That, oh. that could be debated, but uh, not Let's, on today's podcast. We're going back to Andy. For the saying, he was never good. Highest ranking, number one. He's currently ranked number 41. His all-time record is 726, 243. 46 career titles, however... The majors one. He's been no. Nope, he's been no. to five Australian Open finals. Never won one French Open final. Never won. He has won two Wimbledon's and one U.S. Open. Oh wow! So he did. Yeah, he did 2013 two and 16. Okay. Yep. Well, I. Uh, he won two Olympic golds. And he's won three doubles. If you were <laughs> keeping track of at home, <laughs> well, no, that, that surprises me. I would have definitely said. I, I'm with I you thought too. it was two. It, it was very short, though. Yeah. Could you imagine being yeah. Andy Murray and oh, being yeah. in the era of Roger oh, Nadal? Yeah. Oh and no, Joker? no, no doubt. I'm not going to say he wasn't good, even though I did say that. <laughs> but compared to Djokovic, Nadal, and uh, um, Federer, I mean, no, he, he, he started he, in 2005. It's almost like he couldn't have started. A worse he's time. he's on the JV team yes. compared to those three. Yes. Yeah, but he's. But I agree. He he did play in a brutal era as far as competition. Oh, oh yeah, for sure. But and he's the looking, Michael. He's the Michael Chang of <laughs> the new millennium. Yeah. <laughs> but looking ahead in men's tennis, I mean, Djokovic is is at his peak, but starting to head downhill. And Jordan mentioned Father Time. Yeah. Do you think that's how he lost the fifth set? Because I saw in the fourth. Where yeah. there were certain points that he would just give up rather than waste his energy chasing for it. Well, after, and you're going against a 20 year old. Yeah. And that third set, remember that that game the last like 25 minutes. Yeah. Once he lost that, I think he 100 percent gave up the, yeah. the 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 set. And I I've seen a tennis players that for yeah. save the energy move because sure. you're not yeah. going to come back down two breaks. I, honestly, what I saw in in the fifth. Now I only watched the fifth set. I didn't watch any of the the rest of the match. I only got time to watch the fifth. What I saw was Alcarez playing and swinging for the fences on every single shot. Yeah, yeah. He had nothing to lose. Yeah. He knew that he was the underdog. Mm -hmm. It was all the pressure was on Joker. He had the crowd. And, yeah, the crowd was by him. And he just, every single swing, he played for the lines, and he hit the line on every single shot. It was amazing. Well, you know you know the saying, I, I think it was on Batman, you are long, live long enough to become the villain. How's that saying go? You, you're... You're a hero until you live long enough to become the villain. Whatever. What I'm getting at is, 
Tom Brady couldn't stand him for years, but I noticed my last, his last year in the Super Bowl, I was, I wasn't rooting for him, but I was kind of pulling for him. Roger never liked him, but towards the end of his career, you kind of pulled for him. I say the same thing for Joker. I couldn't stand the Joker. Yeah. And then yesterday, I was pulling for him. It just, I mean, you got to respect some of these guys. They've been around forever doing this stuff. Yeah, truthfully, I I feel that way with a lot of people. You mentioned some of them. Um, Derek Jeter's another one. No, that no, comes to mind. no, no. Too far, I see. I too knew far. you were going to say no, that. Far. My too far is LeBron James. <laughs> Why well, that will never yeah, happen? But Derek Derek Jeter, I I can I can respect him. Mariano Rivera, I can respect him. Visual visual meme. Me and Shane shaking hands on the hate yeah. of LeBron James. Yes. Tricky, you want to join in for us? What on shake? on the LeBron hate? We can't have a podcast while talking about LeBron. No, we did mention him, and uh, that's good enough. <laughs> but uh. No, so respect to Joker. I don't think he's done yet. Uh, the problem is, I don't know if he's going to be able to play the U.S. Open. Yeah, I don't I don't think so. Not the way his vac status is. Yeah, but, good, um, good for him, holding strong. But but I do see um, just big picture men's tennis. Um, it's about to be a lot of Carlos New Alcaraz. Yeah. Oh, you think he's going to run it for a while? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, the kid's 20. He's, only, he's already won two majors. Right. Yeah. Uh, that is not unprecedented, however, because uh, was it Bjorn Borg that won Wimbledon at 17 and 18? Hmm. Uh, but uh, I don't want to get into any political talk here. We definitely don't do that on this podcast. Uh, but this Vax business is ridiculous. We're not wearing masks anymore. They've taken down the plexiglass at the grocery store. Everybody's back to shaking hands instead of giving daps and get off Joker's whatever. lawn. Let them play. Yeah, no, no more no, air hugs. Right, no air hugs. Uh, no more uh, uh, weenus touches. I, I don't know what weenus touches are. Weenus your, touch, elbow. Right? your elbow. Oh, the, the Jim Thompson, your yeah. neighbor down there. Uh, is that what he does? Yeah. He was yeah. doing weenus touches before COVID was cool. Oh yeah. Well, either way, I think we're past all that. Um, just let the man go play tennis. He hasn't infected anybody at all, any of the other tournaments. Um, you know, we're not hand sanitizing every five minutes. If if Joker doesn't play, the early favorite has to be Alcatraz. Has to be of course Alcatraz, yes. the prison. Yes. yes, that's what they call him. Yes, yes. yeah, that's that's he's his gonna new put nickname. you in prison. He that's locks right. him down. That's right, yes. lock Boom. him down. Yeah, I'm I'm trademarking that. Well, shame from one great sport to another. Let's go a little golf. Well, here at the Turtleheads, we do love our golf. And the Genesis Scottish Open took place over the weekend. And Rory McIlroy, with a strong birdie-birdie finish, won by one stroke this week over the hometown hero, Scotland's own Robert McIntyre. So, tough loss for the For, for all the, the people at home, guy. make sure you tell them it wasn't a major. That's why Rory and, won. And we are looking at uh, – uh, you know, our researchers are looking in to see if Robert McIntyre is related to Washington High's own Gavin McIntyre. Yes, but yes. Uh, we'll we'll get back to you on that. Both redheads, yeah, uh, both big guys. There you so go. It could, it could happen. Who knows? Who knows? But uh, but no. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to this coming week is the uh, the Open Championship, formerly known as the British Open. Don't ask me why they changed it, but they did like 10 years ago. It's well, now called the Open Championship. The Open. But they're still playing for uh, the Claret Jug, which is a Where pretty, we this pretty cool trophy. Uh, we are going to be playing at Royal Liverpool ah, in England, yes, one, yes. Of, one of my favorite golf courses, yes, of course. Yes. Been there many times, many yes. times. But um, what I wanted to say for, for all you better enthusiasts out there, uh, the last time that the Open Championship was played at Royal Liverpool, does anybody know who the champion was? If you say Rory right now. It is Rory McIlroy. And so that wraps you up would, today's you podcast. You would have to think, coming off of a Scottish Open victory, 
playing at a course that he knows <laughs> and has that. won at before that Rory is the favorite heading into this weekend's tournament. Is that not beautiful or what right there? Look at that. The hundred first hundred and fifty first Royal Liverpool. Oh, Liverpool. I love I love Lynx golf. Uh no trees, no Shallow. silly, you know, short golf courses and tough hole I mean it's just there's pop bunkers everywhere. There's you'll see guys putting from thirty feet off the green because they don't want to chip it. Uh, you know, Lynx golf is just something special. I love it. October thirteenth, Shane. Let's we'll see if there's any uh tea times available for us at the Royal Liverpool. I would say that's probably booked out probably about a year in advance. What do you say? Yep. I'm not having much luck here. But, yes, love the Open. Uh, the only thing, I wish Tiger was playing in it. I feel like Tiger always excelled over across the pond. Yeah, but, but really, it's anybody's it's anybody's tournament, as, as always. But with Lynx Golf and the weather playing such a, you know, depending on really the luck of your draw on the tee times could – could it you know favor one way or the other yes. who who gets an advantage if a storm pops up uh you know in the later part of the day those guys have to go play in some 50 mile an hour winds and some rain so who do you got who you got are we really gonna you know right put the kiss of death on somebody we do it every time i'm gonna kiss him um i'm not gonna go with rory even though i just talked about him for the last 20 minutes i'm gonna go with a past open champion and someone that flies under the radar but uh, it's always in the top 20 or the top 15. Uh, give me Shane Lowry from Ireland. Mm. Tricky? I'm torn. Um, I really, I really wanted to uh, say Ricky, but he breaks my heart every time. Uh, I'm, I'm always waiting for him to have that breakout moment. This would be a great time for it. Um, I think his game would do well on that course. But uh, give me Scotty Scheffler. Oh, that's who I was going to take. World number one, Scottie Scheffler. All right, I won't do it. We won't double kiss of death. He won't even make it past the first round. Be uh, break that, a leg. That'll be called making the cut. No, no, no. In the first round. He oh, won't even oh, make it. Oh, first oh, He's oh, going to oh, break a leg oh, with okay. two kiss of death. Okay. But I am going to stay American. It's time to bring it home, brother. Max Homa. Hey, I'm just saying. Hey, I mean, I got no room to laugh. It's anybody's championship. Anybody. But, Max Homa. Uh, all right. Tricky, take us away. She shoots, she scores, WNBA. What a wonderful, wild, wacky WNBA All-Star Weekend. I would say in the top 25 of professional sports All-Star Weekends, that WNBA All-Star Weekend. But uh, Team Stewart defeated Team Wilson by a healthy score of 143 to 127. But it was the entire weekend that was so exciting. Uh, the three-point contest was probably the biggest highlight. Uh, is, there, is it Ionesca? Is that how we say her last name? That sounds good to me. Yeah. Uh, yes. Missed her first attempt and then only missed one more throughout the entire three-point contest. Most points scored in a men's or women's professional all-Star Game three-point contest, 37 points scored. That's all I got for WNBA. Shane, you got anything? I missed the dunk contest, <laughs> uh, you know.
right, so this week's Mount Rushmore, this is a good one. It's for all the turtle heads out there. We're not talking anything crazy. We're not talking about Earl's Big Chicken. We're not talking about Jennifer's Conspiracy Theories. We're talking about Marilyn Memories. That's right. We're going to do top Mount Rushmore of your Marilyn Memories. It can be lacrosse, football, baseball, basketball, women's basketball, just attending a game. I don't know. Whatever your memory is about the Maryland Terrapins, we're doing Mount Rushmore. Who wants to go with number one? We've got Dave on the line. What do you got, Dave? Well, I mean, number one's got to be the National Yes. Yes. That should have its own Mount Rushmore. That's just right. right there. It's there just it standalone. That's, that's right. all, that's that's all four of our number one <laughs> right. choices. Yeah. We're all done. See you later. No, no. Dave, I can't agree more. That's my 1-1. One, one. Tricky take. Number two. My number two moment is every single time Gary walked out onto the court and threw that fist in the air. I don't care if it was against Niagara or Coppin State or Duke or North Carolina, if there were a thousand people or if the place was packed, Coldfield House their current arena, whatever it's named anymore, Verizon, MCI, AT&T, Comcast, that's it. Xfinity. Yeah. No, every single time, even when he comes back just on a visit, he can turn that place upside down just by slowly walking out there. No hurry, because he's all about that business, and throws that fist in the air. That brought me to tears every single time. I want to have number three. I'm going 2004 ACC Championship, maybe the funnest weekend in my life of watching Maryland basketball. It was, uh, like we talked about this multiple times, man, the old ACC, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Wake Forest versus Chris Paul were down, came back and won. NC State, Julius Hodge came back and won. Then Chris Duhon, J.J. Reddick, and Duke come back and won. In overtime, we are the champions. Shane. Um, I'm going to go with uh, the very first game that I attended, a college basketball game. It was Maryland versus Clemson. I have no idea the year, who was playing or anything, but I do remember what just what I love about college basketball, and it happened so many times. Uh, the Terps got down on the home floor by 12 or 15 and then made a huge second-half comeback. The crowd was electric, just a lot of fun. So uh, that'll just get anybody hooked on basketball, in my opinion. You don't uh, – let's try to play – let's try to guess the year, Dave. What do you think, Shane? I have no idea. Um, 08, 2010, somewhere in there. I, I have no clue. Dave, you got any guesses? You went with me. Was I with you? What? Who were they? What would he say? Uh, I was against Clemson. Versus Clemson, uh, we came back from behind. Came back from behind. That could have been 2010 because Grievous, or maybe 2009. Grievous hit like they went on like a four minute run one of them games with Grievous, where he hit like two threes against Clemson and they ended up winning. We were down by like ten. With I, th- four I think it, I think it was 2010, February 24th, 2010. Maryland, Clemson, Maryland, 88, Clemson, yep. 79. Let's roll with that one. We were down We were down nine at the half, if that's what you're talking about, and then uh, came back and won. Probably. But yeah. I think if that's, I think that game's on YouTube, and I think we go like on a, a, a traditional Maryland yeah, run. Yeah, the, like the, run, the run is on YouTube. It's yeah. like a five-minute clip. Yep, yep. Good yep. job. Look, you come to me and Dave for the yeah, answers. Absolutely. All right, run it back. Run Snake it back. It. Um, I'm going to stay with uh, the theme of, of games that I was at. 
and uh, we went to it this year. Yes. The, the bachelor party, take one, phase one yes. of the bachelor party. It's uh, a year long bachelor that's party. That's right. Thing. That's right. The uh, the Purdue game this year, uh, huge mungus run in the second half. Uh, Xfinity was just the loudest that I've ever. Now that was a run. Yeah. That w- 20 27 0 run, was, I believe. Yeah, or like 29 or t- to 3 or yeah, something, something yeah, crazy. Something, yeah. I mean, a few monstrous dunks, big three-pointers, great defense, yep. and, and, and obviously taking down the number 1 team in the country. And of course, the ED is ugly chant. Oh yes, yes. always. Always a go-to. All right, so that leaves it with me. I am going to take Penn State Maryland football. About time we had our first football memory in here. How about beating Penn State at Penn State and not shaking hands to start the game? Stefan got suspended a game after it, but it was worth every second as their first real big game in the Big Ten for Maryland. They finally got that big win, the monkey off their back. Tricky. Love it. Great pick, Jordan. Um, I'm going to go with, I think it was uh, 07 when uh, Maryland basketball played uh, number one ranked uh, North Carolina. Um, They had Tyler Hansbro. Uh, It was especially special for me because I got to watch it in Judge Hot Dog Simpkins' basement. And uh, only men were allowed down there. He would not let uh, his wife pass the uh, top step of the basement. She'd call down and ask if we needed anything, but uh, he sat there and smoked his pipe, and uh, we watched Maryland upset uh, North Carolina in a uh, great game. Was that the game at North Carolina? And Bumbuli Osby fell to floor. Do you remember that, Dave, after they beat him? I'm pretty sure. I remember. Was. I was going to say Osby. Osby got a rebound there at the end of the game. And, and I think it was Martin Luther King weekend, if I'm That is correct. Yep. I do know. I and do I believe that. Grievous had a triple-double. Yeah, no, no, no. That is in 2009, and that okay. will be saved later, hopefully. Yeah, but uh, not only did I get to watch the game with uh, Judge Hot Dog, who, he a Turk, yep. and uh, Dana Boston, also a Turk, uh, also uh, a guy that knew more about basketball than anybody I've ever met, and uh, that was my buddy Bruce Bosman. He was in the basement that day, so it was just extra special all the way around, and Maryland came away with a victory, and... Uh, it was it was a great memory that I'll never never it'll never leave me. Dave, uh, I'm going back to 1994, a game I finally remember. We beat UMass in the NCAA tournament. They were number two seed. We were ten, and that was our first Sweet 16 since the 80s. Did wow. they have Camby then? Camby scored 30 some points on us that day. Yeah, and there was a guard. I've, I've tried thinking of him since, but they had a guard on uh, UMass that played with Camby that was good, but never really made it in the NBA. And uh, yeah, Joe Smith had a good game. I remember Mario Lucas come off the bench and just caught fire. We were down by 10. Was it Travieso? Yeah. Did he play for UMass? It was like Miguel Travieso or something? Well, I'm, like I'm not even sure. I'm going to find it for you. We have Lou Rowe. Mike um, Williams, Derek Kellogg. Lou Rowe was the guy you're talking about, I think. I remember Lou Rowe. He actually made it to the NBA. Hey, how do you like the fact Marcus Camby came off the bench in that game? Oh, Carmelo Travieso. There he is on the bench. Not a factor that game, Tricky. No, but I just remember him one playing. Minute play. I remember him playing for that <laughs> UMass team. Yeah, that uh, UMass team was solid. Yep. Shout out Lou Rowe, Mike Williams, Derek Kellogg, Dana Dingle, and Dante Bright. Oh, yes, Dana Dingle. And- that was the beginning of the John Calipari. Calipari. Yeah, yeah, that was his first big team there. I got news for you. They better be glad we won because if they would have made a run, the banner would have been taken down anyway. That's right. So, 
So a tricky bet to you? Oh no, Dave. Does yeah, that, no, no, Dave, Dave you got another one. Yep. Uh, I'll say 2001. Just making the final four that game against uh, Stanford. Yeah. Yep. To make the final four was pretty memorable to me. Didn't like the way it ended up in the final four, but just getting over that hump was. I watched that game in the village. It was all by myself. It was. I think it was mid afternoon. The game. Great, great game. All right, tricky. I'm going to take it to the baseball diamond, and this is more recent memory. Uh, it was this past May when uh, Nick LaRusso went off on the Nebraska Cornhuskers. He had uh, his 19th and 20th home runs, 8 RBI, and uh, Maryland crushed the Cornhuskers 20-5. Uh, to 5. I am going back to basketball, beating Duke at home, securing Grievous Vasquez Player of the Year and co-ACC champions in 2010. That 2010, Shane talked about the Clemson game. That year was unbelievable. Losing to, like, I think we talked about with Dino Gregor, losing, like, the William and Mary or something in the beginning of the year, and then just going on a run the way they did. What a fun year. And I was, I was at that game. Yes, sir. Yeah, that was actually on my list there. Yeah, that was crazy. Shane. Well, it's a uh, tradition for Maryland lacrosse to always uh, be in the Final Four on Memorial Day weekend, and it was also a tradition for them to lose yes. <laughs> uh, every either in the semifinal or the final cha- national championship game, but not in 2017. Uh, John Tillman finally got over the hump and led his team to – uh, a national championship, and that was just great to see. And then another one, Shane. Uh, yeah, what was that? Twenty, twenty. Oh, I get another. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. That, I already, yeah, that, did, I already did a snake. I get another snake pick. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with uh, 2016 Maryland versus Wisconsin times two. We double dipped Wisconsin that year. The first yes. game you and I were at. Yes. It was uh, at home. And um, Howie Harris told me they don't stand a chance. Yes, that's right. That's right. So we beat them at home. And then uh, in Wisconsin, uh, Mallow Trimble hit that three-pointer at the buzzer to secure the victory. Yep. So double-dipped Wisconsin in 2016 with Frank the Tank. And then we'll move on to my last pick. I've got some good ones here, but i got to go with the Vasquez triple-double over number three, North Carolina. We talked about it earlier. Uh, 2009, uh, they were down nine with two minutes to go, I'm pretty sure. And once again, another Maryland-Gary run. Take it to overtime, and we beat him in overtime. Vasquez put on a show that day, and he actually struggled that year. I was reading a little article before we did this. He struggled that year, but he put on a show that night. Tricky. This is a personal memory. The game meant nothing to anyone but myself and – the thousands there at the old bird stadium before the uh, reconstruction. But I don't even, I was trying to find the game uh, earlier when I got thinking about this, but it was Maryland versus West Virginia. Went there with my brother, he a Terp, my father, he a Terp, and Munchie. I don't know if any of you guys ah. know Munchie. Uh, I know Munchie well. Yeah, it was, is it James Trafton? Is that his real name? I, well, I just, it's definitely I, Trafton. I think I just gave out his government on, on the air. Munchie. But, yeah, Munchie, Munchie Corn Chips. That's what they called him as a little kid and probably still do. Um, but the four of us went to a Maryland versus West Virginia game. Like I said, it was before they redid the stadium. 
we were up in one of the top rows of the bowl, and it rained most of the game. And we refused to leave, and it was a miserable ride home. But we got the victory, and a great time was had by all, and got to spend time with family, and it was a great memory for me. All right, Dave, finish us off. Well, I'm I'm all basketball, so I guess every time we beat Duke was great, but uh, Batty A senior night when we went down there and beat him <laughs> was just fabulous because that you know that, that was the year of the Miracle Minute and all that good stuff and yep. yeah, that was probably one of the best games Maryland ever played. All right, let's do some honorable mentions. Anybody got any? Yeah, I've got one, and uh, Dave made me think of it, and. Um... That was just uh, the sour look on Mike Shashevsky's face anytime we beat them in basketball because he just had that air about him with his teams that they didn't deserve to lose to anybody. And we always had lesser recruits than them. And it really looked some looked like somebody uh, farted in his face every time we beat him. Or how about the, the look of, of his face and then probably the – the chewing out his players got in the locker room after the infamous the steal. Play. Oh, he steal! Yeah, right was, before halftime. That, that, that was yeah. on my list. Yeah. Oh, he, oh, was, he steal! That's definitely an honorable mention moment. The steal and, uh, play. I mean, every game I get to go to with you guys, you know. Oh, whoa, whoa, pandering! Stop pandering! Whoa, whoa, whoa! Me and Jordan's been to many, many games. I think I, I put the curse on a Kentucky player in one game. Yep, yep. You ruined his season. Ended his career. Uh, how about the Cliff Tucker game winner? Yes, I was at that game. And uh, the move from the ACC, at the time, some people, tricky to this day, still doesn't like it. But as time goes on, it is more and more clear the ACC will not be around here much longer. Drew, Drew Nicholas, uh, winner in the NCAA tournament, was on my list. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a good one. Or also uh, a day, two days that Jordan has marked on his calendar, the day that we fired Mark Turgeon. Yes. And the day that we hired Kevin Coach Willard. Willard. Yes. Uh a game that I did not attend, and I, I really wish I had, but how about the game in which the name for this podcast came ah, about? Ah, yes. The turtle. It's a turtle head. And was that, yeah, was that a, a, MSG? MSG, yep. Nice. And then. And we actually it, lost that game. How about, how about beating Texas back-to-back years? Not a football school. Yeah, football, yep. And then, of course, like Dave said, I think, Anytime you get to go to a Maryland game, it's a memory for a lifetime. Whether it's Dave, whether whether it's going up to see uh, um, Michigan State on my birthday, football freezing cold and losing, or whether it's going to Purdue and winning, going on a twenty-nine to four run, whatever it may be, it's always good to be with the boys. It's watching Tricky sneak snacks into the top row. What game was that? Um, oh, that was last this year. game of the season. Yeah, uh, with uh, with um, AWL Northwestern Lee, Northwestern. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Oh, I come with the snacks. Everybody yep. knows that. Yep. Wawa on the way home. Wawa on the way home. We go. We go for days. Su- meatball yeah. sub. Yeah. Dave having a meatball sub. Hey, going to Dave's bachelor party and watching all degenerates gamble. I mean, Tricky just walked around. Yes, because we would never gamble. Yep. Or going to the Big Ten tournament and turning uh. Jordan into a degenerate gambler. <laughs> yeah. Go up there, number two seed in the tournament. Me and Dave booked our hotel for the full weekend, had a layup game versus Northwestern, double by. Here we go, and we lose. And that sums up Mark Turgeon. We'll have a Mark Turgeon, Mount Rushmore, for the season's over with. All right, AWLs, we wanted to give you a chance to get more involved. Like Shane brought the idea, how about you pick our next Mount Rushmore? We're going to put a poll up on Instagram, Twitter, all the good stuff. 
and you can vote who you want to be the next Mount Rushmore. But we're going to give you the categories right now, Tricky. We have favorite snow biz flavor, biggest jerk in sports, favorite sports moment, and considering the climate right now, best ways to beat the heat. So there it is. Don't forget to vote this week. You have all week to vote. And Tricky, without further ado, let's move on to Adam's Trivia Question of the Week. Yes, uh, I host Trivia at Adam's on Tuesday nights. And for all our AWLs, I'm going to give you a free answer. So I'll ask the guys here in studio. This is a multiple choice question. Big hockey fans, as we all are, the very first Hockey puck. What was it made of? Was it made of wood? Was it made of stone? Was it made of snow? Or was it a cow pie? I'm going to go cow pie. All right, we'll go cow pie. Team cow pie. You would be a winner. Yes, a frozen cow pie was the original hockey puck. That's why do you think we call it horse hockey or that's a bunch of hockey because we're talking about the caca. (laughs) Poo-poo. Yes. (laughs) The first hockey puck was made of dookie. Paper. 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 Yes, sir. Here we go. The all-star break is over. And tricky. Those Yankees are slumping. And those Orioles are flying. Are they flying? Before we get into those red-hot Orioles of Baltimore, if I've never said it before on these airwaves, in this podcast studio, I'd like to say it loud and clear for the folks in the back. Fire Aaron Boone. The guy is a joke. He's got the greatest collection of ball players outside of San Diego. And uh, he's faring no better than the Padres themselves. And we are now officially in last place in the American League East. Hoping to get Aaron Judge back soon. But he's not going to pitch middle relief. So uh, maybe we'll go get Shohei. Because I hear that many experts are predicting that he will not be a starting pitcher his entire career. But concentrate more on his hitting and become a relief pitcher. Now, mentioning Shohei, does anyone believe that he has had trouble in his last three starts because of blisters, or is this the Anaheim Angels trying not to uh, put Uh too many miles on him so he's still uh, a trade uh, uh, commodity? Well, if I was the Orioles and I traded for Shohei, I'm not saying I want him. I think the price tag's too high. I don't think I would. I don't think I would pitch him. To be honest with you. No, that's what they did with Babe Ruth. He was an excellent pitcher, but yep. they were like, "Well." S- speaking of Babe, Babe and and his first six hundred and seventy four games had one hundred and fifty nine home runs. His win loss was thirty five and eighteen, in his first four hundred and fifty five career innings pitch. Shohei, in his six hundred and seventy four career games, has hit one hundred and sixty home runs. Is thirty-five and nineteen in his first four hundred and fifty-five innings pitch. Isn't that pretty remarkable? It is indeed. But yes, I don't know if the Orioles. Shane, do you agree? I I don't really want them. 
I don't think that we have a chance think, yes. of, of getting him. Yeah. But, I mean, whoever gets him, going back to your earlier comment, why in the world wouldn't you pitch him? No, I agree. I, I agree with you, Shane. I mean, I wouldn't completely take him off the bump. All right, yeah, let me take that back. Maybe not take him off the bump, but what about every, like, sixth or seventh day? Do you think a pitcher is okay with that? Or does a pitcher need to stay in rhythm every five days? I mean, it all depends on how, how you're brought up. And, I mean, what he's been doing now seems to be working pretty good. So yeah. and, and, I, I would keep him going. Well, speaking about how he was brought up, as you put it, Shane, uh, I am your Japanese baseball expert here on the Turtlehead Podcast. And I know for a fact that when those guys come over here, they are amazed by how easy – we take it on our pitchers because they throw on their off days. They throw simulated games. They'll throw over 100 pitches before each start on the day of their start and then throw a couple hundred on their days off. So, um, And so, he hasn't really shown any signs of elbow or shoulder wear. It's been little nagging things. Um, but how long do you want him to play? I mean, Bo Jackson was a great athlete. He could have been a Hall of Famer in either sport, but by playing both, it took a toll on his body. So uh, it's something to consider, but I don't think Shohei is the answer for Baltimore. I don't think he's the answer for New York either. But while we have Shane here in studio, what are some of the other names you've heard that could be moving here uh, before the trade deadline? Well, just from a pitcher standpoint, uh, I've heard uh, Marcus Stroman, Shane Bieber, um, what's the dude on the Brewers? Corbin Burns. Oh. Um, I Dylan Cease. I can't believe they would trade though. Corbin Burns. They're in yeah. first place. I agree, but they traded Josh Bader last year. Yeah, uh, I've, I've the, never the understood. White, the White Sox are looking to shop their entire rotation. Lance Lynn, Dylan Cease, Lucas Giolito, and Michael Kopech have all been mentioned before. So um, that's what's that? Eight or nine guys I just named. A bullpen. Um, I've heard Pittsburgh's uh, closer. I can't think of his name. Uh, it's going to be a hot commodity. Tim Anderson up for trade, too? Yeah. Wow. They're saying L-A-D for him. Really? Yeah. And uh, the way the Mets have been playing lately, uh, I'm really interested in what they do because they've got such a high payroll, and it looks like they're going to tear that thing down. Yeah. I'm sure they're only keeping Buck on until the end of the year because they're going to completely wipe the slate clean yeah. in the offseason. So – that sounds like to me that either Verlander or Scherzer could be available. Um, Here's a name for the Orioles. A former Oriole. Mm-hmm. Yep. Eduardo Rodriguez. Yep. He is supporting a 2.3 or 2.1 ERA over his last 11 starts. He dominates us. He can opt out of his final three years, $49 million contract. Why not? There's well, a starting pitcher. Well, well the, the thing that's tricky with the – any of those teams in the Central, I mean, even even the Tigers almost, um, the Central divisions are so bad, anybody's in it. Uh, more so the National League, like the Cubs. The Cubs, Pirates, Brewers, and Reds are all within four or five games of each other, even though they have bad records. How do how do teams decide whether to sell or, or, or buy at the deadline? If you have a chance to win a division, but then at the same time you're thinking we don't stand the chance when we play – the Dodgers or the Braves in the playoffs, you know, how do you how do you do that as ownership? Let's move on to another name. Another former Oriole, Josh Hader. 
Why not come home? Yep. Why not? I, I've heard, uh, I mean, in my opinion, I would love to see us get a starting pitcher and a, a bullpen guy, somebody that can set set the bridge for um, Cano and Batista on the back end. I have been preaching in the group text message for the last two months to go after Lucas Giolito. Unfortunately, right now, the team that keeps popping up there is the Reds, is what I keep seeing on White Sox Twitter is going to be the Reds. So let's say we go Giolito and Josh Hader, and that would be – you literally would have to go 7th inning, Cano, 8th inning, Hader, ninth inning, Felix Batista. I want to get built like – like the red or the Royals, the Reds, the, Re- the Royals from 2014. Yep. Yep. When, when you got to the fifth or sixth inning, it was game over. Yep. You All your not, you your starter needs were six on, innings, and you I did hey, not score on. Say which one about our starters? They beat us. Yeah, I, I know. But say which one about our starters? Our starters have actually excelled the past couple weeks during this win streak. They're they're up and down. Yeah, but they they are currently up. Yes, so let's go get one more pitcher. Yeah, we've won eight in a row. You put you put Galito Jolito with uh, Rodriguez, but then you have Tyler Wells. Kyle Gibson, um, Kyle Bradish, he's turned a lot of hits. He's now a uh, plus one thousand to win the Cy Young. Just to let you know, and then throw whoever you want in there for the fifth starter. But I, I really, I mean, G Rod, what, what if you put Grayson in the bullpen for the sixth inning? Yeah, that's uh, remember David Price back yeah. in Tampa Bay. They yep. brought him out in the seventh or eighth inning, and uh, he he really closed some folks down on the way to the World Series run. Tricky, talk to us. What do you think the Orioles should do? Well, I agree that uh, pitching seems to be the concern. Um, I thought just for nostalgia's sake, however, they could probably get Nelly Cruz awful cheap. Wouldn't he be fun just to have to just throw in there uh, to DH every now and then and see if he can't hit the warehouse a couple of times? More for the clubhouse, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's not going to be your difference. It's not going to be, oh, well. Once we got uh, Nelly, that's when things turned around. But uh, definitely is a clubhouse guy, an extra bat uh, off the bench. But I agree, um, a left-handed starter, um, a solid reliever that could give you two innings if necessary. Um, but uh, I wouldn't mess with the uh, chemistry they've got uh, as far as their hitting is concerned. Uh, but, uh, yeah, everybody needs pitching. So, I, I don't disagree with any of your uh, choices. I like Rodriguez. On the on the batting side of things, I'm looking at a list right now of possible guys to be moved at the deadline. Otani, who we've talked about, are the Padres going to be sellers? Rumors about them being sellers. I've Juan, heard uh, Juan Soto, Manny Machado, people like that. I've heard Soto. They can't, they can't sell Manny, can they, after just signing that huge contract? If they can find somebody dumb enough to take yeah, it. Yeah, somebody. Huh? Yeah, but more York, so, more so Soto. Um, and then uh, with the um, the Cubs, keep seem to be big names on on sellers. Uh, talking about uh, Bellinger. Um, who who's the other big bat in that lineup in Chicago? Uh, can't think of it right now. Also, St. Louis Cardinals. Nolan Arenado, possibly going to be on the move somewhere. And you're not talking about Orioles, right? No, just no, just in, in baseball in general. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, anytime it's a big money player, they always mention the Yankees. So Otani's been mentioned there, as has uh, Soto, but I don't think either one of them is the answer. Um, I'm curious to see what the Philadelphia Phillies do. They've been kind of quiet, but uh, I know the Braves are running away with that division, but with two wild cards, they could really make some noise in the postseason, but uh, they need a little help. But the Phillies are hot, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But looking at our farm system and getting back, tying this together with the Orioles, 
Obviously, we have one of the best farm systems in baseball, if not the best farm system in baseball. So, it, you know, if you're going to pull the trigger on a one or two trade pieces, we have the, the pieces to give up without um, gutting the farm system, if you will, and keeping several core prospects and core players All right, let me put this disposal. way. Anthony Santander, he'll be a free agent next year. Do we resign him? Do no. the Orioles resign him? No. So Do, trade him. Yes, Jordan yeah. mentioned this is a possible uh, trade bait. Uh, I love, I love, I love Tony Taters. Yeah, and I, I like what I like the point that, you that made. You got to sell of, high. Yeah, that that would kind of be like the Trey Mancini thing last year. Yeah. Everybody, well, everybody kind of questioned why we traded Mancini because it wasn't like technically our year. Yes, but the team has proven they're going to be a playoff team, barring something crazy happening to end the season. So, why but then you worry about the clubhouse too. I and mean, we were just talking about Nelly being a good clubhouse guy. Uh, Santander, they they all love him. So, like, could that upset the team morale if he's but, shipped off? But here's here's the thing: as a as a secondary White Sox fan, that I've learned you have to be careful of. We everybody said our championship windows three four years. That's turned out not to be the case. They have failed miserably. You play to win so, the game. If I'm the Baltimore Orioles, you play to win right now. Yep. Don't worry about next year. Yep. So, are we going to be better off with Santander in that lineup this year, or are we better off to trade him? Yeah, we're better off. To, I mean, yeah. I mean, look at football. The Rams got their one championship, and then they're they're nobody anymore. Yeah. You mentioned the Royals. You know, they they went for it. They got it. God bless them. But they've been nothing since. And so, for a team that's been in a championship yeah. drought like Baltimore, I agree with Shane that uh, if you got the chance, you got to yeah. kind of have to go for it. Um, the Nationals did that if, um, a couple of years before they won the World Series, uh, but I think that was yet another year that um, Strasburg got hurt near the end. Uh, but talking about your farm system, did I see Jackson Holiday the other day was intentionally walked with the bases loaded in the yeah. ninth inning? <laughs> He's a he's a stud. My only fear about Jackson Holiday is I don't know if the powers are. I mean, is he just going to be a base hitting kid? I mean, granted, he's only what nineteen years old, so the power can come. He's got speed. He's got he's got most of the tools: fielding, hitting for contact. I'm worried about the power and how it translates to the major leagues. Dare I say he's movable? Depends wow. what you're getting in return. That's well. Wow. Yeah, I I think most. You think you think, think he's that good that he's untouchable. Most people don't trade their number one overall draft pick in the in the league. Especially when he's like marching up. I'm not saying I want possible. to trade him. Did you see how good his dad was? He had a pretty, right. you know, pretty I, I good get major that. league I get career. That. I'm not yeah, saying his I dad want hit to trade for a little him. bit of power too. So you know, maybe it's it's. I mean, I, I don't think Matt Holiday was a slugger in. Um, I don't know. I, I don't recall his minor league career, but I know when he first came up with. Uh, did he start with um, the, the Rockies? Rockies. Yeah. Well, that probably inflated his stats a little bit, but. Uh, but. I mean, you're talking about his lack of power. That that may come or it may not. I'm not as worried about that if if the guy's going to slash, you know, 40 doubles in a year and hit and hit three and a quarter or 300. Um, but that's why we have other guys, Tony Taters, for example, that can drive him home with the long ball, and other guys, big bats in our lineup 
I guess that's why I'm here. Hey, whatever happened to your uh, your your dong bong? I don't see so oh, much of that anymore. That's all the time, son. Yeah, but now they just kind of splash a little bit of water in there. It, TV, it, TV it, is it's probably it's, like we can't show that on TV. It, oh, no. it, it's falling off, the, man. No, the dong bong's tricky. Tricky. Have you not seen it? You get a single, you turn the sprinkler on. You get a double, you hit the sprinkler. You hit a home run, the dong bong. Tricky, tricky's a hater, son. I would be too if my team was in last place. I don't right. know what that feeling's like. <laughs> all right. Power rankings, Tricky. Since your team's in last, I'll let you pick first. I would... Gosh, I'm going to leave the Orioles to one of you guys because I feel like, you know... But they're close, are they not? Oh, no. We mentioned earlier they're the hottest team in baseball. Eight wins, and they haven't been beaten up on cupcakes either. Um, I said it last year. Uh, to some other friends of mine uh, that are Oriole fans that I would trade Aaron Boone for uh, Brandon Hyde straight up, but I don't think there's any chance of that going down now. But, yeah, your Orioles are only a game behind those slumping uh, Rays. And uh, the Braves, they've fallen off a little bit. Uh, was it the Marlins got into them? Uh, uh, no, the White the White Sox. Oh, yeah, your White Sox. Two out of three. Yeah, two out of three, right. So, um but they're still they're they're still far and away uh, the best team in baseball, top to bottom. Not even just talking about their record, man. Their starting pitching is amazing. They got a good bullpen, and uh, always have had an excellent uh, hitting lineup of this new crop of Braves. So uh, that's an easy one. Atlanta number one, number two, the Orioles. Yep, yep. I uh, honorable mention. I'll put the Orioles at number one. Yes, that, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, only because they've won eight in a row. I don't. Sure. I don't disagree with Tampa Bay or, or uh, excuse me, Atlanta on being you know number one, but um, only because they've won eight in a row. And you know, but hey, they're your pick. That's right. So what do I have? Number three and four. Uh, number three, I'm gonna uh, take those uh, red hot Rangers that Tricky has been bragging about so much, and also shout out to them for getting Araldus Chapman. Yes, that, I couldn't believe that. I great, saw that the other day. I said, move. "What's he doing out I, there?" It, it never even made the news, or I never saw. No, it. I, I had to look so, it up. It was um, yep, the so end of move. June. Yep. Yeah, they made a trade in the end great, of June. Great move there. And uh, number four, um, they're slumping, but they're still a great ball club. Uh, Tampa Bay Rays at four. I will have number five, and I'm going to go with the Red Hot Dodgers, who are coming into town for a three-game series. We're about to see who's who this week. Orioles, Dodgers, should be a good series. Tricky? What has become of our baby snakes? Wow. Wrong way. Third place now in the West. They've shedded their skin. Third (laughs) place in the West now. Yeah, they've just taken it on the chin really bad. Uh, Those Rockies look good, though, at least when they play my Yankees. Uh, <laughs> but um, no, we're we're starting to see things kind of kind of even out a little bit. There there were a few teams at the beginning that were really far and above everyone else. But um, gosh, I hate to do it, man. I think I'm going to have to go with those cheating Astros uh, with uh, my next pick, and then to snake it. Uh, I like those Marlins, man. Um, talking about them and the Phillies, I almost took the Phillies in this spot. Um, actually, you know what? Give me the Phillies. I like Somebody that. else can take the Marlins. Give me the Phillies. They're really uh, starting to put it together, and uh, they're another team that benefited from firing Joe Girardi. I'm glad I didn't have any snake picks this week because I see what you did there, Tricky. You're leaving me with the choice of Toronto, San Fran, 
and the Astros. No, the oh, Astros. Did you pick, did you pick the Astros? Yeah, the baby oh, snakes are available. I no, had to no, take them. I had to take those. How about the Brew Crew? Dusty Bakers. Brew Crew. Yeah, if, if you trust, Fifth. if you trust the team in the Central, they've go for won it. four in a row. Yeah, they swept the Reds. Fifty-two and forty-two. Yeah, they swept the Reds this week. They got a better record than the Astros and the Phillies. All right, go for it. Your pick. My pick. Give me the Brew Crew. Okay. Two of them. Shane to finish us off. Nine and ten. Wow. We're already at 10, and I have four on my list that haven't been chosen. Okay. Um, wow. Um, your San Francisco Giants that you love so much. All right. They're number nine. And this is for you, Tricky. I know you're a big fan of Canada, so Toronto Blue Jays, uh, even though I know oh you hate God. your Blue Jays. Right. I was going to say, only the Maple Leafs. That's yeah, the only thing good to ever yeah, come out of Tor- Toronto. Toronto has won uh, eight of their last 10, so I'm going to put them in there at 10. Let's move on to Get off our lawn. Funny story, Tricky. My niece, Callie, was over yesterday, and they were talking about something, and I wasn't paying attention. It was her, Kate, and Eli, and she yells, Get off my lawn. I said, Oh, AWL over there. So, shout out Callie. Little get off my lawn future turtle head. So, let's, uh, let's do my get off the lawn. I saw this on Instagram today. Does anybody remember the name? Peyton Hillis? Yes. Yes. Running back for the Browns. Of course. Yep, uh, yep. Almost lost his life uh, recently. Yes. And that is what I'm getting off my lawn about. So the man sacrificed his life. I think we actually talked about one of the podcasts. He saved his niece and nephew. From drowning. Right? Yes, yes, yes. Almost died from it. He was in ICU. He was actually making a full recovery. Good for him. But the get off my lawn portion is the ESPYs. ESPN has done it again. They gave the Arthur Ash Courageous Award to the U.S. women's soccer team for fighting for equal pay. Have they ever been in danger to their life for fighting for equal pay? They oversaw Peyton Hillis, who literally almost gave up his life to save two others for the U.S. women's soccer team for equal pay. That is the biggest moment of get off my lawn and Peyton Hillis's lawn, ESPN. Yeah, if I could piggyback on your Peyton Hillis, uh, DeMar Hamlin is a very touching story. I want to take absolutely nothing away from him. But what happened with him was a freak accident on the field of play. Peyton Hillis... No longer a professional athlete. I'm sure he's still in great shape, but he made the choice to try and and successfully save two lives and almost lost his own as a result, and nobody talks about it. I mean, they talked about it when he was still in the hospital and they, they had him alive by uh, machines, but uh, nobody talks about Peyton Hillis, and I thought the ESPYs would have been the perfect time. Uh, they always want it to be such a touching moment uh they had a 30 for 30 recently on the speech by jim valvano and that was a great sp moment so they could have had peyton hillis there brought out the two little kids that he saved you know they could have really made a moment out of it but does that sell tickets like uh i guess i gotta say a bunch of woke business well let me let me piggyback off your piggyback tricky so last week we had the testes and I talked about how we need to have an award for like the ESPYs have the Author Ash, the Country Music World Awards have like the Great Human Humanitarian whatever award. Well, the Testies, we forgot to announce this last week. It's going to be called the Eddie Woodison Award for Courageous, and we're going to give it to Peyton Hillis. That's awesome. So congratulations, Peyton Hillis. And the only reason I'm calling the Eddie Woodison Award is because rumor has it that Holly Grove. A family member asked Holly Grove to name the basketball court Eddie Woodison Court, 
And Holly Grove denied them because they said we don't want any uh, personal achievement overseeing God. Last time I checked, there's a jersey hanging up there by Amber Inslee. So let's pick our battles here, Holly Grove. The man basically started every women's sport at Holly Grove. Yeah. And right. I, I mean, say what you want about Mr. Eddie. We called him Big Dog, great friend of the family. E-Dog. E-Dog, Big Dog, whatever you want to call him. But the Eddie Whittison courageous award goes to Mr. Peyton Hillis. I did not know that about about Holly Grove yes. there. I'll have to get Holly on my, Grove, get my off ath- my lawn. My athletic boosters, I'll have to pull my power there. Yep. And, uh, I I have, I guess, piggybacking off of the whole SB theme. I think we can just all say the SBs need to get off our lawn. Yes. But uh, how about a superstar that was mentioned previously in today's show, Mr. LeBron James, LeBron James. using the floor of the SBs to announce that he's not retiring. Lucky for you. <laughs> Not LeBron. As he said in his, whatever you want to call that speech he gave, he says, lucky for you guys, I'm not ready to retire. Because it wasn't about LeBron, so he had to make it about LeBron. So I have a message for LeBron. Please retire and get off our Our lawn. lawn. Yo, Jay, hit it. Let's go. This speech is my recital. I think it's very vital to rock around. That's right. On top. It's tricky. It's tight. Here we go. It's tricky. And now, Tricky, without further ado, sir, do you have any gray bond for us? I heard, Jordan, recently that Sebastian Janikowski is up for nomination for the NFL Hall of Fame. Hmm. Many people think his career just wasn't that good. This is a man that once tied the longest field goal record. Uh, he also was one of only three place kickers drafted in the first round. But I think his exploits at Florida State University, his time in the ACC, need a little recognition. This guy went hard on the field, but also off the field. Once kicked out of a bar for his rowdy behavior, he showed off his strong leg by going through the parking lot and kicking the side view mirrors off of over a dozen cars. (laughs) Another time, he and a friend kicked out of a bar. The friend gets mouthy with a police officer. Well, did Janikowski start tearing things up? No, he tried to be the peacemaker. He went over to the cop and said, what's it going to take to clear this whole issue up? So then he got arrested for bribing a police officer. But perhaps his greatest moment, kicked out of a club, police arrive. They find out that he was under the influence of GHB. That's what they call the date rape drug. (laughs) When asked, did someone put this in your drink, do you think? He said, heck no, man. I took it myself. (laughs) This guy went so hard, he took a drug that normally knocks other humans out just to take the edge off. So if that doesn't make you a Hall of Famer, I don't know what does. Seabass for the Hall of Fame. That wraps up another episode of the Turtleheads. Special thanks to Shane King for coming in studio today. Also had a phone check-in with Turtlehead Dave and our scouting report. As always, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Find us on Apple and Spotify. 
These are the Turtleheads signing off. Love you. Now, aren't you here?